Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. Well, I'm uh, so excited to uh, be here today. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Matt. I get to uh, opportunity to serve here, and um, I'm just so thankful for Fresh Church and uh, just being able to be a part. This is a good house. This is a really good house, and um, I uh, just a little bit about me before, before I get started this morning. Um, I am... Uh, just recently married to my beautiful wife right over here, uh, just as of July. So I still say we're recently married. It's been like eight, nine months. Um, but yeah, so uh, we just recently got married, and um, I'm a big Preds fan. I love the Preds, so yesterday was a big a big win for us all. I know so I saw a couple of you guys at the game there, and so... Um, and then, of course, you know, I love Jesus. That's the most important thing. I do love Jesus. And uh, today is a big day. Today is a really big day. It's Palm Sunday. Come on, it's Palm Sunday. It is the start to uh, what a lot of us know as Holy Week or Passion Week. Um, some of you guys, maybe if you've never heard of that before, uh, Holy Week, Passion Week is the week that is uh, the last week of Jesus' life. It starts today on Palm Sunday. And it ends with the crucifixion and the resurrection. And what's interesting is that um, we have four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And out of the 89 chapters in those Gospels, uh, 29 of those are about Holy Week or about Passion Week. So I think it shows some significance to this week of Jesus' life that we see. And like I said, it starts out with today, with Palm Sunday, with Jesus riding in on a donkey, the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, um, and some more events that we see. We see, uh, we see Jesus going into the temple just soon after that. He's going and he's flipping tables because they've turned the temple into a place where they're selling animals and goats and sheep for sacrifices. And he comes in and he just, he lays the law down. You guys know that person like your mom or your dad or maybe even grandmother that just comes in. They just lay the law down like, yo, this ain't it. This ain't how it's going to go. I'm going to flip the table on you, son. And he goes in there, he's like, look, this is not how it's going to go. This is a house of prayer. This is a house that I'm going to be speaking in for the rest of the week. And we see that happen. We see Thursday, uh, the Last Supper, he gets all the disciples together, and they break bread and, and drink the, the wine and remember his blood in his body. He tells them, like, hey, this is, this is it, guys. This is, this is the Last Supper. And then they go into the, the garden, and they begin to pray. And, and then we see Judas betray uh, Jesus and turn him over to the government and to the Roman Empire and to all the people that just hated him and stuff. And uh, then, of course, we see the resurrection. And then we see the, uh, the earth crucifixion and the resurrection. And um, there's a first, you know, Jesus knew all this was going to happen. Throughout the whole week, throughout whole, the whole Holy Week, the, all the Passion Week, Jesus knew what was going to happen. And in Matthew 20, verse 17 through 19, he even tells the disciples, he pulls them aside. And we're going to have it up here on the screen. Um, if you guys don't have your, your Bible or your Bible app or your phone. Uh, it says in number seven, verse 17, it says, Now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, and on the way he took the twelve aside and said to them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and to the teachers of the law. 
They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised to life. Come on, are you thankful that Jesus was raised to life on the third day? Come on, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that he didn't just stop at the cross. He just didn't die for my sins. He went to the grave and he defeated death. He said, no more death. I'm defeating death. No more sin. I'm going to raise Jesus to life. God says, I'm raising him to life. Why? So that you can be raised to life. So that every single one of you in here can, be, can you experience that resurrection life, that fresh life in Jesus. That's the heart of our church here is to awaken people to that fresh life in him. To awaken him that there is a better life for you. And it's a fresh life. But like I said, today is Palm Sunday. And so I figured since we are starting out Holy Week, we're starting out Palm Sunday, uh, I figured I would just talk about the story of Palm Sunday. Maybe you guys have heard of the story before. I remember as a kid, um, we always, in children's church, we always like made palm branches, you know. We always made colored palm branches, cut them out, and, you know, sang Hosanna. And, um, and Palm Sunday, it's a very important day. It's a really important day. It's, it's the day that Jesus rode in triumphantly into Jerusalem. And, um, you know, every gospel has this story in it which is very interesting because not every gospel uh, has every story written about it. Not every writer writes about every story that goes on during this week. But this story does. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all of them, they all write about Jesus riding in on the donkey into Jerusalem. And I like Luke because I feel like Luke is the most descriptive. I feel like he's the more detailed writer. He always adds a little bit of detail here and there. Um, and he's kind of like that guy, maybe you guys know somebody in your life that can just really paint the picture with words. You know, like, you guys smell that? You guys you smell, smell that warm biscuit? That oven cooking? I can smell that warm biscuit coming right out of the oven right now. The butter just melting over the top of the biscuit. I mean, it's like a, like a stinking gravy going all over it. The butter just melting, steaming, coming up. I mean, come on, aren't you guys hungry now? That's the kind of writer that Luke is. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. We got three more hours of worship after this, so we're gonna be. It's gonna be a while before. I'm just kidding. We're not staying that long. I'm a big guy. I like to eat, so we're gonna cut this one short. All right. So we'll see you guys. We'll be here next week. I'm just kidding. But really, though, that's the kind of writer that Luke is. He just likes to paint the picture. Like he really likes to just put the mental image into your brain. Just like, like this is what it looked like when Jesus rode in on the donkey. And I like Luke. I like him a lot. I like what he. I like the way he details things and how descriptive he is. And so. We're going to read about the triumphant entry of Jesus on Palm Sunday uh, in Luke chapter 19, verse 28 through 40. So I'm going to pick up in verse 28 here. It says, after Jesus had said this, talking about he just told the disciples, hey, like, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be turned over. He says, after he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage in Bethany at the hill called Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a donkey tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it, bring it here. And if anyone asks you why you're untying it, just say the Lord needs it. So he tells these two disciples, Go on into the town. You're going to see a donkey tied there. And I want you, if somebody asks you, just say, You know what? The Lord needs it. I mean, we'll see what happens here. So those were, they were sent ahead, and they found out, um, the donkey was just right where they told him it was. And as they were untying the donkey, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? I mean, could you guys imagine if somebody came up and just like started hopping in your car and just taking it off with it? I mean, that's like this guy was back in the day. It's like, yo, that's my ride. I got, that's my ride right there. That's my donkey. It's like somebody hopping in your, in your Jeep or something or in your truck. 
I mean, for some time, I had this, man, let me just tell you right now. I had this one car. I wanted people to come up and take it, honestly. I left it unlocked. I was like, look, please take it. I will claim it as you stole it, and then I'll get some money from it. I'll get a new car because this thing is just not really, it's just, it's not a good donkey for me. It's not a good donkey. I need a new donkey. So anyways, they're like, he, he asked me, he's like, why are you untying my donkey? What are you doing? And then it was like they had the key to unlock the whole situation here because all they said was the Lord needs it, and that was it. It was like, oh, the Lord needs it? Psh, yeah, take the donkey. I don't need the donkey anymore. You can have the donkey. So the disciples, they untie it. They grab the donkey. They take it to Jesus. And uh, they see in verse 35, it says, they brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the donkey and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread out their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. All the rest of the Gospels, interesting. Luke is the most descriptive, but he did leave out the part that everybody else talks about, which is the palm branches, which is why it's called Palm Sunday. Palm branches are very uh, symbolic of victory. Uh, we see even in King Solomon's time, he had those palm branches engraved into his temple just proclaiming that this was a victorious place. And and that's what they were doing here. They were, they were saying, like, hey, this is victorious. Like, what Jesus is doing, he's riding in. There's victory. And they laid him down on the ground. And as he was walking, they were saying he is walking in victory into Jerusalem. Jesus was walking into victory. And I think a lot of times in our life, we just need to raise the prom branches up in our lives and say Jesus is victorious in our life. So it goes on in verse 38. It says, uh, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven, glory in the highest. They're praising him. They're raising the palm branches, just praising God in this moment as he's going down through this huge crowd. It'd be like if, if the Titans won the Super Bowl or if, if the Preds won the national, uh, not national championship. Sorry, I'm an Alabama fan. I think about national championships a lot. Now, if you don't want to listen to me after that, I'm sorry. But anyways, if the Preds won the Stanley Cup, it'd be like just huge crowds just lying the streets where Jesus is on the donkey and he's walking down through there. And in verse, their first 39, the Pharisees, they're like, man, I don't like this. I don't like all this hoopla, this, this, this praise that's going on. And they say, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples, rebuke them. But Jesus says, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Now, I don't know about you this morning. I don't want a stone to take my voice. I've got my own voice. I've got my own voice. I don't want a stone to take my voice. Don't you? You don't want the stone to take your voice because I believe that if we don't start praising God, if we don't start just lifting up his name in situations, the stones are going to take our voice. And somebody else is going to take the voice and cry out. I don't want to be like the Pharisees. I don't want to be like the Pharisees that were just saying, I don't like that. I don't like the, how loud it is. I don't like how, how rambunctious everything is. I don't like how, how it's so crowded and stuff. No, I want, to, I want this house to be a place where we praise God. When we lift up his voice, we raise up the palm branches and say, I don't care what the situation is, I'm raising this in victory, saying, Jesus is victorious. He's victorious over your situation this morning. Whatever this looks like, just like we sang that song, he is your hope. He is your hope this morning. And I love reading the Gospels. I, I, I just recently, at the beginning of the year, I wanted to read all through them just to kind of see just how they intertwined and stuff. And it was really cool. And, and, um, and one thing I love about the new about the Gospels is always getting a different perspective in stories. Because for me, when I grew up in church and stuff, like I always heard the stories. I always heard the a lot of the stories in the Gospel. And like I said, I always heard the story of Jesus riding in the donkey. And I was like, you know, I want a new perspective. I want to see a new perspective in this story. And so uh, today, I'm going to uh, just let you guys learn from the donkey's perspective. Come on, who doesn't want to learn from a donkey this morning? It's gonna be good. 
Man, I really believe there's four things that we can learn this morning from the donkey, from uh, the situation that is donkey in, from Luke's descriptive writing. Um, so I'm going to go back to verse 30, and uh, this is where we're going to find the first point here. It says in verse 30, it says, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a donkey tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Which no one has ever ridden. This donkey had never been ridden before. He had never done anything. It's almost as if he had waited his whole entire life for this moment. And in this moment, as the disciples went over there and got him for Jesus, he found his purpose. I think that's the first thing we can learn this morning. If you're taking notes, you can write down, he found a purpose. The donkey found a purpose. He may have waited. He may have passed up some other opportunities. There may be some other donkeys running down the road saying, yo, we got some cooler opportunities to carry people. But he decided he was going to stay where he was because he knew there was something that God had for him in his life. God had him placed there for a reason because he had a purpose. And I want you to know this morning that God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of you. God has a plan and a purpose for you. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what happened in your past. It doesn't matter if you feel like your past is defining you. God still has a purpose for you. I remember that time in my life where God came to me and he said, Matt, your purpose is to pastor people, whether it's through just caring for people, whether it's just through a relationship with people. There's many different purposes that God has for every single one of you. And maybe, maybe your purpose is just to be the best doctor you could possibly be. Maybe the best teacher you could possibly be. Maybe the best mother you could possibly be. Maybe the best construction worker. There's so many purposes in the body of Christ. God has got so many different things in store for you. And sometimes it looks different in each season of our life. Sometimes what God has for us looks different in each season of our life. But I want you to know this morning that you don't have to give up. You may have been waiting a while to figure out what God wants you. You may feel like you've been in a season for a long time where you're just doing the mundane. You're just going to your job. You just keep on doing the same things over and over again. Keep praying. Keep pressing in because God has a purpose for every single one of you. doesn't matter your background. doesn't matter what you did yesterday. God has a purpose for you. Amen? Come on. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Second thing we see in verse 32 says, Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told him. So the donkeys go in, and they, I mean, the donkeys go in, the disciples go in, and they find the donkey in the exact place where Jesus said he was going to be. And I think the second thing we can learn from this donkey is that he was right where he was supposed to be. The donkey was right where he was supposed to be, right where Jesus told the disciples he was going to be. That's where he was. He wasn't off somewhere else. The, don- the, the disciples didn't have to go looking for him anywhere. No, he was right where he was supposed to be. And I think we can learn from the donkey how hard it is sometimes to stay put, how hard it is in this world to stay right in the season that God has called us to be in. It's difficult. It's hard. You guys know it is. It's hard. The devil wants to come in and wants to make us busy. He wants to distract us from what God wants to do in our life. He wants to distract us from the season that we're in. And he wants you to compare where you're supposed to be to where someone else is already at. He wants you to compare where you're supposed to be to where someone else is already at. And I believe it's robbing us this morning. I believe it's robbing us of his joy, of our contentment. And I believe social media is sometimes complaining that. And I, and, I, and I believe social media has got a lot of great benefits. It really does. I love social media. I love Instagram. I love Facebook and Twitter. And it's a great resource for not only personal use, but even for, uh, for churches, for us to be able to, to use it, for businesses to be able to use it. I mean, it's free advertisement, basically. It's great. 
But I also believe there's some, some, some negative things that come along with social media. And I know you guys have already seen it a lot. I know I've done it before in my life, where I've compared the behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. I've looked at somebody else's Instagram while I'm sitting on the couch dealing with a sickness or something and being like, why, why is my life not like that? I must be doing something wrong. And you're comparing yourself to somebody else's life on Instagram that doesn't even, they have that, they have that side of their life. They have that side of their life where they're sitting on the couch struggling. They're figuring out, trying to figure things out. What you see on social media isn't always what's really going on. And so I want to encourage you this morning, don't let the enemy steal your joy with comparison. Don't let him steal your joy. Just be right where you're supposed to be in the season that you're supposed to be in. And I promise you that God is going to bless that. So let's learn from that donkey this morning. Let's learn to just be content right where we're supposed to be. Verse 30, we can find the third thing in verse 30. It says, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find the donkey tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. Untie it and bring it here. You see, the donkey, he had to be loosened, he had to be untied before he could do what God had called him to do. He had to be loosened, he had to be untied. I think the, the third thing we learned is that he found some freedom. The donkey found some freedom. He wasn't tied up to the post anymore. The disciples came over there. They loosened him up. He was like, whoo, man, I never felt this before. I got some freedom in life. I'm untied. And I want to tell you this morning that God has freedom for you. He wants to untie you from your situations. Come on, your sin and your past, they want to enslave you. They want to entangle you. I think this morning sometimes we just need to, we just need to look at that sin. We just need to look at that past and say, I'm coming untied from you. I'm proclaiming this morning that I'm coming untied for you. Addiction to whatever it is, I'm coming untied from you. Addiction to porn, I'm coming untied. Addiction to alcohol or drugs, addiction to comparison, I am coming untied from you in the name of Jesus. Because I don't belong to be bound. I don't belong to be enslaved to it anymore. I belong to be free because God has set me free. In the name of Jesus, who the Son sets free is free indeed. He is free indeed. And I want you to know this morning that whatever addiction, whatever circumstance, whatever maybe toxic relationship you're in right now, you don't have to be in it. Nothing is holding you to it because the Savior world came and died so that you can be free, so that you can find freedom. This donkey, he found some freedom. Before he could go out and live out his purpose, before he could carry the Savior of the world in Jerusalem, he had to be loosened. You know what I love about our church is that we want to help every single one of you find that freedom. We don't want you to stay bound to your sin, bound to your situations or to relationships. We want to help you be free. We have fresh groups here that are absolutely phenomenal and amazing and amazing in a safe place. Can I say that? They are a safe place. It's not a place where you can go in and you're going to share things and it's going to be told throughout the whole church. No, they're a safe place. You know what's so funny is that it never fails. Almost every time that I go into a fresh group and I've got something going on, whether it's a circumstance that I feel tied to or uh, maybe an addiction or whatever, you know, I'll share that with somebody in the group. I'll, I'll go for two or three weeks and I'll be like, I ain't sharing it. It ain't happening. I'm keeping this one to myself, God. It ain't going to happen. But then I'll finally be bold enough. God will kind of, you know, come on, son. You know, like a little donkey, like, come on, donkey, get on. And he'll be like, you need to share this with someone. And he'll lead me to somebody or somebody will say something in the group that kind of sparks me and, and I'll go share what's going on in my life and it never fails. They've already been through it. They've already gone through it or they know somebody that has gone through it. And so now not only do you have yourself 
proclaiming with God, saying, you know, I'm coming on time for this. You've got one, two, maybe three more people that are in your life that are close with you, that you're sharing your struggles with, and you're all saying, you're coming untied from this in the name of Jesus. You're coming untied for this. There's freedom for you, and you have people in your life that will speak life over you and speak freedom over your life, and you'll find that in a fresh group. Everybody needs a little freedom. Everybody needs a little freedom. Everybody needs some good relationships, and I want to encourage you this morning. you got to get in a fresh group. We're coming to the end of the semester. It ain't too late to get in one. I don't care if it's the last week. You can hop in one then because we're starting them back up in the summer. We're keeping fresh groups going. They're there throughout the whole entire year. We may take one or two, three weeks off, but some of our groups, they still meet because we, can't, we, do, we know we can't go a couple weeks without meeting. That's like our men's group. We just, we don't even really pertain. We don't even follow the semester. We're just like, oh, it's Tuesday morning. We're meeting. I don't care if it's midsummer, if it's late winter. Like, it, we're meeting. Because it's important. Because we all know we need some freedom. We all know we need some relationships in our life. So I encourage you to get into a fresh group. You can find more about that on the website. You can find more about Come talk to me. Come talk to some of the staff. I'm telling you, it will change your life. So we've seen the donkey. He, is, uh, he found his purpose. You know, he was right where he was supposed to be. We also know he found some freedom. We see in verse 35, it says, they brought it to Jesus. They brought the donkey to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks out of the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that had seen. He said, the donkey had found his purpose. He is right where he was supposed to be. He had found some freedom. Then he made a way for the way maker. He made a way for the one that needed to get from point A to point B. See, he carried Jesus, not just to the people in Jerusalem, but through the people. Because Jesus was on a mission. What was that mission? He was making a way for you and me. He was making a way for you and me. We couldn't untie ourselves. We couldn't forgive ourselves. We couldn't do any of it. He had to make a way for us. And the donkey got to play a part because he had found his purpose, because he was right where he was supposed to be, and he had found some freedom. He got to play a part in that. In making a way for the way maker. I mean, guys, could you imagine that donkey, though, that day? After all those things that happened, he gets, you know, they throw the coats on him. They throw the garments on him. They lay down the palm branches. They lay down everything in front of him. And it's like for a donkey, that's like rolling out the red carpet, man. It's like, I mean, I got to walk on this hard ground with my hoofs. Come on with that. Walking on these nice palm branches and these cloaks and garments. This feels good on my feet. I mean, it's a good thing I showered this morning. I got some dove on my back shoulders. I'm nice and shiny. It's like, man, this is a good day. I'm glad I'm prepared. So they put Jesus on him, and there he goes. The donkey's leading the parade. He's going on down through Jerusalem, and he's like, look at all these people. They say in the Bible there was probably millions of people in Jerusalem. This is some of the first times that they had ever seen Jesus, these people. And there's hundreds of thousands of people lined up, and donkey's leading the parade. He's probably looking back at all the other donkeys like, yeah, you missed out on this one. <laughs> Sorry about you. He's like, man, look at all these people. They're looking at me. My shiny fur. How many of us know that they weren't looking at him? They were looking at the one that he was carrying. They were looking at the Savior of the world, the one that was making a way for us. You know, it's never about us. It's never really about us. The whole time they were just looking at Jesus. And I pray this morning that God would help us to live in a way that we would remove the pride, the discontentment, the comparison, the addictions, that he would loosen us, he would free us this morning, that he would help us find, us find our purpose so we can live our life in a way 
to bring Jesus to people, to carry Jesus to people through inviting them to Easter. Like I said, we're going to be celebrating that next week. And one way you can do that is just by being like the donkey, carrying Jesus to people through an Easter invite and say, hey, there's a place for you here where you can belong. Jesus made a way for you, and I want you to see that way. So we need to be like that donkey this morning. We need to be like that donkey to carry Jesus from point A to point B so that we can transport Jesus to somebody who needs transformation. So that we can transport the Savior of the world, the Waymaker, to somebody who needs transformation this morning. God's made a way for you. He's made a way for me. And I want us to be like that donkey. That plays a part, helps carry Jesus to the place where he's going. If he can use a donkey... He can use you, right? If he can use a donkey, he can use you and me. I'm going to call the band back up this morning. There's a, uh, there's a TV show that um, I watched as a kid that is, uh, it's one of the first really of its kind. There's kind of a lot of them now um, you see on the DIY network or HGTV. I don't know about you guys, but if there ain't nothing on TV or if there is, sometimes I still choose HGTV. I'm like, Yo, house hunters, that's me. Flip my ride or whatever they call it, you know. I want to be a part of that. I want to watch it. And, uh, and you know, they go in and they flip these houses and they do all kinds of cool things. But um, this show that came out many years ago, I don't know, it's probably been, oh, man, it's probably been 15 years ago, which I guess that was a long time ago. I am 26 now. So, uh, anyways, this show kind of came out, and it's kind of the first of its kind that was like that. But the, what was different about this show is that this show was always – going in to help out uh, an, a family that may have just lost everything or a family that um, maybe was a veteran that couldn't afford a, a remodel or something or um, it was always somebody that couldn't afford what they needed to be done. And I'm sure you guys heard it before, Extreme Home Makeover. You guys heard that show before? Extreme Home Makeover, man. It was an awesome show. I remember just sitting around. I think, I think it came on Sunday nights, maybe even Tuesday nights. I don't know, but we would all get together as family, eating dinner, and we'd watch Extreme Home Makeover and you guys know the star of the show, old Ty Pennington. Man, that boy, he was just, he was something else. I remember thinking, he, he had been on something. I think he was on five-hour energy. And you could see the five-hour energy spikes in his hair. It's like five-hour energy, five-hour energy, five-hour. I mean, that dude was just wild. But he was passionate. He was very passionate about helping people in a place that they couldn't help themselves, doing something for them that they couldn't do for themselves. And the show would always start out. He would, he would go up to the door. He would knock on the house of the, the people that he was going to help out. And he'd be like, Hey, it's Ty. It's Ty Pennington, Extreme Home Makeover. We're here to help you out. We got a limo out here for you. We're going to send you to Disney World. Kids are like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. We're going to Disney World first time. This is great. Ty's like, go ahead, get in the limo. They get in the limo. They ride off the airport, and they fly out to Disney World. They go to Disney World for the whole week. And meanwhile, Ty's there. He's, he's got the whole community there. Everybody in the community has got their bulldozers out. They got their drills, their hammers doing all kinds of remodeling. They're just completely making over this house. Extreme home makeover. This family could never afford it, but extreme home makeover came in. They're like, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to do this over, okay? So a couple days in, their family wakes up one morning. They're getting ready to head to Animal Kingdom, one of the best parks in all of Disney World. Love Animal Kingdom. Love donkeys. I just talked about a donkey this morning, so you know I love Animal Kingdom. It's great. Anyways, they're off to Animal Kingdom, but before they go, you know, Ty giving them an iPad, and Ty's like, Hey, guys, I'm going to call you on the iPad. So they answer the iPad, and 
You hear in the background, Ty's like, what's up, guys? And you hear, instructions going on, everything's still going. He's like, I know you guys can't see it. You can hear everything going on, but we're a couple days in. It's looking great. Just want to let you guys know it's going to be awesome. Can't wait to have you back. And they're like, kids are just like ecstatic. They're like, oh, my God. Can't imagine what this house looks like. The mom's like about to be in tears. She's just like, oh, my gosh, this is being done for. This is awesome. The dad's just, he's beside himself. He's eating a sausage biscuit. And he's just like, man, I'm going to just go so good, man. I'm going to get back home. We're head on Animal Kingdom now, okay? They head on Animal Kingdom. And fast forward a couple days later, Ty picks, up, picks him up in a limo. And they head back to the house. The house has been done. And. They get there, and there's a bus in the way. There's a bus. They can't see the house anymore. They can't see the house. The whole community's there. Ty's there. and Ty opens the door for him in the limo. And kids step out. Mom and dad step out. And Ty's like, here we are. We're ready. It's done. Everything is done. We can't wait to show you. The whole community's there. They're clapping. Everybody's going crazy. It's an awesome moment about to happen. And then Ty's like, well, we got a bus in the way. We got to move the bus. He's like, you guys ready? You guys want to see the house? You guys want to see what it looks like? We got to say, move that bus, okay? Three, two, one, move that bus. Come on, guys. Move that bus. Move that. Bus pulls over. There's the house. It's incredible. It's beautiful. It's more than they could ever do for themselves. More than they could ever afford and more than they could ever pay for for themselves. And Ty's like, this is awesome. You know, the dad's, you know, he's crying now. It's been option most. Dad's crying. The mom, she's a Christian. She's up there, glory, Jesus. Praise the Lord for this house. Woo, Jesus done did it. He done did it. Glory. He's like, man. The kids, they're jumping off the walls. They're giving high fives to everybody. They got Mickey Mouse in their arms, throwing them up in the air like, what a day. And Ty's like, it ain't done yet. You got to come inside and see the inside. Ty brings them in the inside and Next thing you know, they see a water slide coming off the side of the house. They see a basketball court. You got sheep making coffee in there. I mean, it's this whole thing, this beautiful picture, something they can never afford for for themselves, something they can never pay for for themselves. And guess what, church? Jesus paid for you and did something for you when you couldn't do something for yourself. He made a way for you when you couldn't make a way for yourself. He's a way maker. Jesus is a way maker. He's a healer. He's a provider. He's a healer. He's a way maker. And you and I get to live a life that moves the bus for other people so they can see the way that Jesus made for them. So they can see the thing that Jesus has paid for for them. But you and I got to make that choice to be like that donkey. We can make the choice so we can stay where we're at and be right there in our season. We can make the choice either run from our purpose or give up on our purpose. We can make the choice to stay in, entangled to our situations. Or we can make the choice to just get free, just to be content with the season we're in, to let God show us our purpose, and then be like that donkey and make a way for the way maker and help Jesus be transported so somebody can receive transformation. Yeah. Let's just close our eyes this morning. I believe that God is wanting to just, he has to move in our lives this morning. Oh, God, we thank you so much. I thank you so much for what you're doing. Right now in this moment, God, I just, Lord, I ask for you just to help us to be like that donkey. Lord, I just ask you just to help us to be just like that donkey, to be, help make a way for the way maker. God, we thank you so much that you already made a way for us. You already made the way, God. You were on a mission that day. 
You just weren't going on a parade through Jerusalem. You were on a mission headed to the cross and then headed to the grave so that we could be free, God. Help us to be like that donkey. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. I just want to... I just want to challenge you this morning, man. I just want to give you an opportunity to respond. I'm going to call the, the prayer team down to the front this morning. And if you guys need any prayer, we're going to have the prayer team down here. Maybe this morning you've never, ever decided to follow the way that Jesus has made for you, the way that he has already, he has already paid for. Maybe you say, you know, I've never decided to follow Jesus I'm so thankful that he made a way for me, but I've, I don't even know what to do and what my next step is. If that's you this morning, you say, you know what, for the first time, I want to make the decision to follow Jesus. I just want you to repeat this prayer after me this morning. Jesus, I'm deciding today to follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for making a way when there was no way. I'm going to follow you for the rest of my days, God. I love you. And with every head bowed and every eye closed still, I just want to pray a prayer over you guys. Maybe this morning you're still, you're just battling with, maybe you don't know what your purpose is. Maybe you're having a hard time just staying in the season that you're in. Maybe you're comparing yourself. Maybe some discontentment is going on in your heart. Maybe you just need some freedom. You need some freedom in this place. Maybe you just, maybe you just need to be like that donkey and help make a way. Maybe you just need a little bit of encouragement. Yeah. Like I said, our prayer team's down here to pray with you guys. It's a safe place with this prayer team. It's a safe place. If, that's, if any of those pertain to you this morning, I'm just going to pray over you, and then we're going to go back into worship. And I just pray right now, God, that you would move in every single person's heart. That we would decide this morning to be like the donkey. That we would just be right where we're supposed to be, God. That you would just bring freedom to us this morning. That we wouldn't compare ourselves toward to other people. Compare our behind the scenes to, to somebody else's highlight reel. That you would just reveal our purpose to us, God. Whatever's going on this morning, maybe we just need a little bit of freedom, God. I pray this morning that you would move in our hearts right now, Jesus. Move in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, guys, let's stand this morning. We're going to sing.